0: The cross of Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of Isaiah 53. It's the message I have for you today, ladies and gentlemen. When I uh, mention the words Isaiah 53, what I'm talking about is the 53rd chapter in the book of Isaiah, which is found in the Old Testament. Now, Isaiah was an Old Testament uh, prophet and... uh, one of the most powerful prophets, uh, and it's, it's important that you understand what I'm talking about today. This prophecy that I'm talking about today uh, from this 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah was spoken approximately 700 years before the death of Jesus Christ upon the cross, which this chapter is speaking about. So, uh, I want you to ponder what I just said for a few seconds. So, what I'm saying here today, ladies and gentlemen, as the uh, title said, The Cross of Jesus Christ is the Fulfillment of Isaiah 53. So, this message is not only for the Gentiles, it's for the Jewish people, it's for people all over the world. It includes everyone. So even though this was geared uh, toward the people of that time, the Jewish people, obviously it applies to everyone, myself included. So let's take a look now at Isaiah 53, and I'll be uh, interjecting scriptures from the New Testament, uh, which would confirm what was spoken by this prophet. So it says, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. So that is a description of the uh, meek and humble uh, Jesus Christ. When when he came into this world, ladies and gentlemen, and he grew up uh, as a young Jewish man, he really uh, looked no different than anyone else around him. So he was the Messiah in the flesh, yet the people did not expect, the Jewish people did not expect uh, the Messiah to come in such a way. They missed it. Oh, yes, they did. If they would have understood this uh, chapter here under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, they would not have missed it. Oh, no. So, uh, this is speaking of Christ. So, it didn't look like uh, any different than the others around him physically. So that's what that is talking about right there. So let me uh, shoot over to the New Testament right now. I'm going to read from John chapter 12, verses 37 to 41. It says this, speaking of Christ, but though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. That the saying of Esaias, so you know, that's Isaiah, by the way, you know, that's the Greek. Uh, Esaias is, is the way it's pronounced, I believe. Uh, it's speaking of Isaiah the prophet, the one whom I'm quoting from in Isaiah 53. So when you see that, it's talking about Isaiah. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom had the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe because that Isaiah said again, he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted. And I should heal them. These things said Esaias when he saw his glory and spake of him. So this is uh, the New Testament, ladies and gentlemen. This is when Christ was manifest in the flesh. This is the Messiah manifest in the flesh, Jesus Christ, and they did not believe on him. And it says that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. So it's talking about this prophecy in Isaiah 53. Lord, who hath believed our report? In other words, the gospel was going forth, but few were receiving it. They were not believing the report of the Lord, and it went on to say, He is blinded their eyes. So it is a hardening in the heart that was taking place. So when they were rejecting Christ, their heart became even harder, and they could have been converted if they would be converted. Uh, and look, look what it says These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Isaiah the prophet, ladies and gentlemen, he had a glimpse of the glory of Christ. Keep in mind, folks, that the Jesus Christ that I serve and the Jesus Christ of truth is everlasting. He's eternal. So Isaiah had a glimpse of this eternal Christ. Oh, yes, he did. So uh, it's important, you know, ladies and gentlemen, that I serve, any Christian serves the same Christ that Moses and Elijah served, because he's eternal. So he came down from above. Okay? God manifest in the flesh. The Word was made flesh. He came down from above. So when he walked this earth, the Jewish people, they had no idea who he was, and that's why they rejected him. Let's get back to uh, the prophet Isaiah. It says here, Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 6, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, And with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Wow. Once again, a beautiful picture here. This is the death of Christ upon the cross. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. We're the sinners, you see? Jew or Gentile? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So Christ, he was wounded for our transgressions, my transgressions, your transgressions, the transgressions of the Jew and Gentile. He was bruised for our iniquities, you see that? So it says, all we like sheep have gone astray, turned to his own way. That's us, folks, we're a bunch of wretches. Jewish or Gentile, you need mercy, you're a wretch. All the religious activity that you do if you've never been saved, washed in the blood of Christ, if you've never been born again, it's meaningless. It's worthless. That's why you need Christ. That's why he came. He took our sins upon himself. New Testament, 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins to just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened or made alive by the Spirit. <laughs> Glory to God. So His Christ, the just one. He's the just one. He died for the unjust. That's us folks, it's Jewish or Gentile. We're all a bunch of wretches. We're unjust, we need salvation. He was put to death on the cross for us. Don't forget he got back up again. Okay, so let's go back to Isaiah 53, verses 7 to 9. This is describing, don't forget, the death of Christ. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb or silent. So he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit, in his mouth. Wow. Once again, folks, what a picture. I mean, this is what happened 700 years later after this prophet prophesied these things as a lamb. Don't forget, he's called the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Remember John the Baptist. So he, he was meek, he was, he was humble, and it says he was cut off out of the land of the living. What's that mean? He was killed. He was murdered. That's what it means. Okay, so made his grave with the wicked, with the rich. Done no violence. There was no deceit found in his mouth. Let's go back to the New Testament. It says here in First Peter two twenty one to twenty five, for even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who is in, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls." So we remember earlier, Isaiah the prophet said, we were like sheep going astray. So here, that's what it's talking about. We were the sheep. We were the ungodly wretches. Sheep that needed a shepherd. And it says, now you returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. So let's go back now to the end of the chapter. We're going to look at uh, Isaiah 53, verses 10 through 12. It said, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, He hath put him to grief, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he hath poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Yes, he did, folks. You know that Christ, when he died, he was slain uh, in the middle between two thieves. One of those thieves, by the way, repented. So, the, so the Lord was numbered with the transgressors. Oh, yes, He was. So He died for us folks. He, He, He. It pleased uh, the Lord to bruise Him. Now, I want to show you something before we close here. Uh, you remember the Transfiguration when? Peter, James, and John were up on the mountain with Jesus. Let's read here Matthew 17, verses 1 through 6. It says, And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment, or clothing, was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, or Elijah, talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias, or Elijah. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid wow so here's peter james and john up on the mountain with jesus okay and and christ he was transfigured before them in other words he just became a glowing white a bright light okay and it said it 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 was like the sun shining okay this was bright folks and all of a sudden. We see Moses and Elijah. Where'd they come from? What on earth is going on here? Moses and Elijah, they're talking with Jesus Christ. This is awesome stuff, folks. So, now Peter, he didn't know what to say. He says, look, I'll I'll build uh, three tabernacles. One for Moses, one for Elijah, one for you. And all of a sudden, there's a cloud. (laughs) A cloud. And said this, pointing to Jesus, uh, speaking about Jesus. This is my beloved son in whom... I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Let's go now to Luke, his description of the same scene. Luke 9, 28 to 31. And it came to pass about in eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment or clothing was white and glistering. And behold, there talk with him two men, which were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory. Listen to this. And spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. I'm going to say that again. And behold, there talk with him two men, which were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory, and spake of his decease. That's the death of Christ upon the cross, which he should accomplish at jerusalem don't miss this folks moses and elijah knew beforehand that christ was going to die on the cross this is powerful stuff folks the this unites the old testament with the new i'm here to tell you today folks there is no other way of salvation outside of jesus christ if you are jewish today you're living over in israel or you're living over in brooklyn uh, it doesn't matter. Manhattan, Queens, it does not matter. If you're Jewish today, hear me now. You need the Jesus Christ that I'm preaching to you today. There's no postponement, there's no second chance. You either come in through Christ or you're not coming in at all. Hear me, a Gentile, that's everybody else in the world. You have no salvation outside of Jesus Christ. What I just spoke for the Jewish people applies to you also. There is no other way. The prophet prophesied of the one who died for you 700 years before it happened. There's no plan B. There's no postponement. It's either Christ or you reject him. You either receive Christ or you reject him. It's either salvation or damnation. You are either saved or you are lost. Why do I say that? Because the death of Christ is speaking of the blood that was shed for your transgressions. This is the only way you can be made clean. No other way. You cannot appear before a holy God without being washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to close it here now with John chapter 1 verses 10 to 14. This is before Christ was slain. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Wow. So here, ladies and gentlemen, it says he was in the world and the world was made by him. Who's that talking about? It's talking about the same Jesus Christ that I've been preaching to you today. It's the same Jesus that was prophesied to die by uh, the prophet Isaiah. Oh, yes. And, And it says he made the world. But when he came into the world, the world knew him not. They didn't recognize him. He came into his own. What's that mean? His own Jewish people. For the most part, it says, his own received him not. But here's the deal. But as many as received him, Jew or Gentile, to them gave he power to become the sons or children of God, even to them that believe on his name. So the good news, folks, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you receive him, that's good. <laughs> you can be saved. You can become a child of God, all right? So it says, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You need to be born again. (laughs) You must be born again. If you're not born again, you're not saved. You're not a Christian. You must be born again. So uh, that's the deal. That's what I want to get across uh, to you today, folks, that this great gospel, the cross of Jesus Christ, is the fulfillment of Isaiah 53. You be blessed and have a great day.